Are you electrified about transforming the world of storytelling? Immerse yourself in frontier storytelling from SR Media. Learn from artists, business leaders, and entrepreneurs making an impact with Frontier Tech, from AI to VR chat. Our Frontier Storytelling guests will inspire you to transform how you create, live, and work. I'm your host, Steve Ramos. Join us on the new frontier. The 79th Venice International Film Festival of La Biennale de Venezia is well underway and welcoming artists, audiences, industry professionals, and press through September 10th. Chances are you've seen news stories from Venice, like actor Timothy Chalamet's red carpet appearance wearing a backless halter top, or actress Florence Pugh skipping the press conference to promote the film Don't Worry Darling. Gossipy tales like these will quickly fade. What remains, what makes a lasting impact, are the 360-degree videos, XR works, live performances, and virtual worlds making up Venice Immersive, the new name of the long-running Venice VR expanded section. Attendees are experiencing 44 projects on the Venice Immersive Island from 19 countries with 30 of the immersive projects in competition. Venice attendees are experiencing the frontier of storytelling across all mediums of creative expression. Artists and storyteller Celine Tricart is no stranger to Venice Immersive after winning the Grand Jury Prize for Best VR Film in 2019 for The Key and serving as a jury president in 2020. Celine returns to Venice this year for her latest immersive work, Fight Back. Celine joins us from Venice. Celine, welcome to Frontier Storytelling. Thank you. Thank you for having me and talking from the Venice island. I am actually on one of the courtyard right now outside of the installation. It's good to have some sun on my skin because <laughs> it's very dark and you have a VR headset on your face for most of the day. So I, I am grateful the, for the little break. Celine, Fight Back is a documentary feature film and VR series spotlighting women from shanty towns in Nairobi to the towns in the USA, learning self-defense skills and fighting for their rights. What will Venice attendees experience when they watch one of the 11 daily viewings of Fight Back on the Venice Immersive Island. So it's a 40-minute long experience where you are very physically active and where you use hand-tracking technology. So that means that you're not using controllers to interact with the experience. You're actually using your own body and your own hands. So it makes the experience extremely physical and extremely personal. So that's what people are experiencing here. This is our world premiere at the Venice Film Festival. Celine, Fight Back is your latest project that embraces purpose-driven, immersive storytelling, or what many people call VR for good. I remember experiencing your VR work, Sun Ladies, at Sundance, about female soldiers fighting ISIS. So Fight Back started actually back in 2017 when I was in Iraq filming one of my VR projects called The Sun Ladies. Every day I am taking revenge. It's a very shameful thing for ISIS that women are fighting against them. They believe they won't go to heaven if they're killed by women. 
that experience had such a profound impact on me meeting, you know, women on the front line against ISIS that I came back to my home in Los Angeles and I was obsessed with the idea of making a project about women just being embodied and and strong and and using force. And because what I've noticed with the Sun Ladies of Iraq is that the women who were actively fighting were healing from trauma and recovering from trauma much faster than the women who had similar experiences but decided to stay in refugee camps, for example. And I was really wondering why. And there is something there is something really deep about that that f- taking physical action. And when I say physical action, I don't mean violence of any sort, but just taking your life back into your own hands and using your body and and understanding how important and and how wholesome and how important and respectful your body is. And so that started kind of that idea of like I want to make a project about women women learning self defense. Fight Back clearly shares similar storytelling values. It's different from the razzle-dazzle we experience in immersive gaming and sports. What role does purpose play in your work? Pretty much everything I do always is, I would say, message-driven in the sense that, yes, I am a storyteller, first and foremost, and I love telling stories. But for me, it's very important to be anchored in the real world and to, to... deliver pieces of knowledge or pieces of skills or just making making people have an experience that will potentially not change their life but change about the way they see things and they think about things. So it started with the Sun Ladies and then my next work was the key that you mentioned that won a grand jury prize here in 2019 and that was about the refugee crisis. And the key is very similar to fight back in the sense that it's driven by metaphors. Again, I'm a storyteller, so I'm not I'm not here to just tell a story, a, a documentary story. I want to tell a story and take people with me on a journey. And what I found is that when you're using storytelling, like people kind of let their defenses down a little, you know, those old those firewalls that you have around yourself, which are very important to have, obviously. But when you told a story, you kind of let those guards down, those guards down, and you like take in the story and those emotions. And when the metaphor is is revealed and we explain exactly what you've been experiencing and what it means and how it ties with the real world, that usually has a very strong impact on people because they had that experience, that they took that experience very personally. And now they, they, they understand the feeling of others. Uh, which was very effective in the key. And that's also what I'm trying to do here with fight back of like, you, you have to feel it in your body that you have that power, you have that strength. So in fight back, it's a metaphor about we are stars in a, in a universe where stars are disappearing because they are kidnapped by shadows. And so you go on a journey to liberate your constellation from shadows. And each of your sister that you liberate from your constellation will teach you a new hand tracking skill. And it's all those like beautiful, magical powers. And at the very end of the experience, it is revealed that those gestures that you've been using over and over again in, in, in the experience to, to liberate your sister are actual gesture of self-defense. I'm a certified instructor in empowerment self-defense, which is self-defense, not just for women, but for anyone who needs it. And it's not martial arts, but it's very much about owning your own body and knowing how to use your own body and recognizing threats and learning how to set boundaries and say no and all those things. 
So through playing fight back, uh, hopefully you've learned some interesting skills and just enough to give you the, the, the interest and the will to continue your training. It is not a self-defense training. It's definitely, we cannot do that in 40 minutes, but it's an in, in, in introduction to it. What you're describing is the immersive journey is completely different. It's proactive. There's a level activity that we've never experienced in the 100 years of, of cinematic attendance. Again, physicality is at the heart of that specific project. So one of the choices we made, for example, in video games, there is usually what we call an interface, right, where you have the life bar or scores or whatever, and then you have controllers or whatever, or a keyboard, and you touch buttons, and you, you use combination of buttons. So for Fightback, even though it has many of the mechanics of a video game, we remove all of that, all of that stuff. So there is no interface, there is no scores, there is no nothing. And again, because it's hand tracking, there is no buttons. You're really just using your own hands to interact with the experience. The reason why we did that is because we wanted to be fully emerged in that experience and never feel like you're in a video game and also our target audience and that's something that i think is very important to us our target audience is not experienced uh, gamers it's not experienced vr users we want to take that piece and go to places such as women's shelters etc so our target audience is actually vr beginners and more specifically a female audience but again like i said it's it's for everyone. It's not just for women. But we, we had to pick an audience and we picked that one. And so that kind of audience does not quite understand scores, et cetera, et cetera. It just doesn't mean anything or it's more confusing or it adds to the anxiety of, oh, it, I have to win. I have to win this thing. So by, by removing all of those layers of separation, then we have that really... Again, a physical, extremely intimate first-person experience. There is nothing between you and the experience. You're just in it 100%, which is different from what I would say is a traditional video game. Celine, some XR artists are immersive natives. What I mean is that they have always worked in immersive mediums. But you're in a sweet spot of working on the crews of large-scale productions like Transformers, Age of Extinction, and HBO's Westworld, to directing immersive shorts like The Key and Fight Back. How does your crew work on large-scale productions inform and support your XR filmmaking projects? I've definitely learned a great deal from my years working in the film industry, specifically in the camera crew. And because you're right there, you're usually very close to the director, very close to the actors, and you're 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 very connected to that art of storytelling. But clearly, even though you know the reason why I moved to LA ten years ago was always because I wanted to work in the film industry, and I still do, and I still am you know working on this feature project that I'm trying to get off the ground and direct. And I I love this the art of cinema. I just that. I think I, I understood that about myself is that because I'm a storyteller and I'm I'm kind of medium agnostic. Uh, so some of the stories I want to tell, they are flatty stories. So they are third person, passive stories. And, and that's how they are meant to be told. And that's where they will be the most effective. And some other stories are just this, this they just need to be told in first person and be more active, etc. And have that level of age agency because agency is something that's quite fascinating when you give people choices over certain or, or give them the illusion of choice in storytelling is 
fascinating and you can achieve a great deal. But if not done well or if not for the right story, it actually gets in the way. I love all formats and I, there is not one that I prefer over the others. I've just been very focused on DR this past couple of years. It's been a great passion of mine. But I hope to return and like do movies because that's also a childhood dream for me. And to answer your question about how like working on those uh, big big movies and big projects informed my work, I was able to see the work of, of really talented people uh, from up close. And I also was able to decide that I did not want to be working for other creators, that I had my own voice and I I I think I thought that my voice was strong enough that, you know, it was it was worth giving a shot of like stopping stop working on those projects and start pushing my own, which is a very difficult decision. Like for anyone who's been there, you know, they know because you make good money working in the film industry, especially in the camera department, you have guaranteed job and it's it's all very secure and all very nice and suddenly taking the plunge of okay now I'm going to try and go and finance my weird VR projects and that takes years so it was a very scary very scary moment in my life uh, to transition from one to the other and I was I made many nightmares <laughs> for a long time saying I made the worst decision of my life what did I do I'm so stupid but now I obviously don't regret it and I'm very thankful and what I've learned from movies such as Transformers, which are giant machines, you know, about 300 people working on those movies, is really that sense of, of organization. And it's all so well done and also well prepared and so, so well. I mean, everything is so impressive in the level of professionalism of everyone on those kind of movies that I'm trying to like bring this even in my small indie projects. And, you know, Sun Ladies was a tiny project where we, it was a labor of love. Nobody was paid, you know, we just, but having that kind of like my, my, I put the bar just as high in when working on Sun Ladies and I would put on working on Transformers. And, and it's not because you're doing things with no money or in very difficult condition that you should lower that bar, visual quality, sound quality, and, and just, quality of storytelling it, the bar needs to stay high even if you don't have the means you need to like keep it high and figure it out so i mean you know the entertainment media and technology sectors have room for improvement regarding diversity equity and inclusion now i know from your work via lucid dreams that diversity and inclusion are essential to you but how can you really impact dei and entertainment and tech yeah and i would say that it was very important to me even before it was cool <laughs> you know now now it's kind of everywhere which is great i'm very i'm very happy for that but many many years ago it was because you know on some of those big franchise and ips that you name i'm not gonna say which one i was the only woman on set you know it's just like for a long time i was the only woman and so it was it was like and when people say, oh, it's because we looked for minorities and women, but we didn't find anybody qualified enough. And I'm like, yeah, well, if nobody gives people chances, nobody will be qualified enough. You know, you just just give it, give some somebody a chance and then they will have the experience to get qualified, etc. It's just like, you know, the chicken and egg thing. And so from my from years ago, I every time I had some hiring power, whether I, when I started producing my own project, etc., I always made a point to have 50-50 men and women and always try to look for minorities, et cetera. And you know what? It's not, 
I want to say originally it was because I strongly believe in it, but also now that I've seen the effect it has and the result that it has, it's also not out of the sheer generosity of my my heart. It's also because it's freaking effective. When you have a diverse crew, I'm telling you, everything works so much better. There is absolutely no drama. None of my projects have experienced any kind of drama, any kind of lateness or like you know it's like we always finish shooting on time or early everybody works in good respect and good communication it's just everybody is kind of happy to be in that place where there's all those voices and also all those voices creating that project together also make it that this project will appeal to a larger audience because it was it was made by people who have different background and different perspective on things Listening to Celine talk about the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion in tech is inspiring. Let's hear more from Celine on this essential topic. It's not just, again, for the sake of, you know, DEI and, and generosity. It's also because I swear to God, it's really going to make your project better. So I strongly encourage anyone to do the effort of, like, maybe you will not find the perfect person for that job. Maybe you will find somebody else but it's okay you know give them a chance and they will acquire the experience that you need so right now for fight back uh, we have i would say we have a 50 50 uh, men and women uh, most of the creative leads on the project happen to be women like a oh, music composer or a game designer uh, or myself artistic director is a man but apart from that the creative lead are all women but it just happened that way it wasn't it wasn't specifically done on purpose and i think everyone everyone can can tell that the, the final project is very effective in that sense and the good news is the data backs you up celine right whether you're talking about creative crews on an artistic or cinematic project or startups or even big corporations if you have a diverse crew staff team department the chance for success is just sky high. See, I did, I did not have that actual data, but I believe it because I experienced it myself. A purpose-driven experience like Fight Back powerfully impacts attendees. It engages, inspires, and delivers a call to action. Please don't take my word for it. Let's learn more from Celine. We've already learned so much from seeing people going through the experience and Every day we rewrite our inboarding. Uh, we have a little inboarding a protocol where we get people in the experience and we we give them an expectation about what, and also the outboarding, which I think is very important. In virtual reality, you know, we put a headset on people's face and we teleport some, some them somewhere and it's, it's kind of a violent act in itself. So that process of preparing the people for what they're about to see and also taking them back to reality in a very nice, kind, and re respectful way is very important. So every day we like readjust our inboarding, outboarding, um, because we're learning so much. It's kind of a giant playtest for us, um, because here we have a lot of experienced users. We have creators of the other piece in the selection, so very experienced. We also have just completely new uh, beginners um, who who arrive. There's also people who don't even speak the language, like. Feedback is in English, Spanish, and French, but there's lots of Italian people here who might not speak English, so we also have to adapt to that. So it's been very good for me. I've learned a lot from it. We have enough data at the end of the festival to work for a couple of more months, you know, to like really polish it. 
before we release it. And the plan is that it's going to be released for free on uh, the Oculus App Lab later this year. So anyone will be able to experience it for free. But we definitely have a couple more months of work to just polish learning from that Venice experience. Celine, thank you for joining us from Venice Immersive. Best of luck with the competition. I wish you successful viewings of Fight Back and productive meetings in the Venice Immersive Market. Cheers to what's next from you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining Frontier Storytelling. Listen for episodes every other Thursday. Become a member of the Frontier Storytelling Tribe. Share our episodes with friends, write a review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Frontier Storytelling comes from SR Media and Studio D Podcast Production. Schedule a meeting to learn how our story-building tools can grow your brand. I'm your host, Steve Ramos. Join us on The New Frontier.